Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, more difficult issues on Capitol Hill are coming into focus for the end of September. Number two, we've got the latest on reconciliation. And number three, why Dems are giddy over Donald Trump's 2022 endorsements. All right, let's get into it, Jake. The number one story of the morning. We are kicking off Punchbowl News AM with it. September, we keep talking about how messy it is, but it is getting even messier. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So a few things that that came up in the last um, 24 hours that we that uh, kind of forced us or not forced us, but um, uh, made us inclined to write this top here is that um, uh, so not only is is con- does Congress have the government funding to deal with, they're probably going to extend funding until the end of or until the beginning of September of December, rather. Not only do they have the debt limit, then they have abortion legislation. They are going to try to codify uh, the legality of abortion in the House of Representatives. The the bill has the the bills by Judy Chu, longtime Democratic Congresswoman of California. She has more than 200 Democratic co-sponsors. You could read a little bit more about the bill and the background in the newsletter this morning. But that's a big deal. I mean, I, I imagine it's going to pass. I, I guess I haven't done a ton of reporting on it, but I can't imagine it won't pass given the the House Democratic Caucus at this point. Then you have the bipartisan infrastructure bill, huge issue. Uh, and then you have also the National Defense Authorization Act. The NDAA has passed every year for the last 60 years. Um, I think we've said five, six decades, but I actually think this is, we've now hit 60 years in a row that it's passed. Democrats are going to need Republican votes for that because it's, um, it uh, increases Pentagon funding. That is probably going to, they're going to try to get that done in, in September. Now, I, not all of this has to get done in, sept- in September, but the House only has eight legislative days. To, oh, it's in, a simple, it's easy. That's a ton of time. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think that you are going to um, uh, pass all of this stuff in eight legislative days. I mean, I actually, let me rephrase. I think it's crazy that you think, that now, not you, Anna, but I think it's crazy <laughs> that people think they're going to pass government funding, debt ceiling, bipartisan infrastructure bill, and the reconciliation bill in September. I just, I think it's going to be very difficult. I I just, I don't know. I'm sorry to tell, I'm sorry to say, I think it's going to be very difficult. All right. But I do want to note something that I think you kind of glossed over, which is important, which is this latest reporting on the CR, this government funding, which has to get extended. Otherwise we go into a government shutdown full stop. Uh, before the end of the month. And we are now hearing that the CR is likely to extend funding until sometime in early December, although that date has not yet been finalized. And it's important to also note the White House is seeking to add more than $20 billion in emergency funding to the CR for disaster relief and to cover resettlement costs for tens of thousand Afghan refugees. But then, of course, this this issue that it's all of those things, which is complex enough, as you say, right, in these eight days they come back. But they also had the debt limit here. And that showdown is not going anywhere. I don't see a way out of it right now for Democrats and the fact that that Mitch McConnell is not going to support this. And I don't know how they get to 60 votes on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. A few things. Um, uh, I think McConnell is. I don't think McConnell is bluffing. Um, I think he's way too deep in this to bluff. Um, and he's been very purposeful here. Um, meaning like 
he just has said it over and over again, first to us, to, to Punchbowl News, and then a million other times. Um, the debt ceiling could go into October. Pelosi keeps saying she has a lot of options here. She does. She could. They could rewrite the budget <laughs> if they'd like. Uh, I mean, you know, the, just a simple thing. I but, mean, they, but they suggested the that they aren't won't great, do that. though. Yeah, they suggested that they won't do that. Um, the debt ceiling is not going anywhere, um, and I, I don't. I, I just seriously don't understand. I don't think they. Um, I don't see how they'll get sixty votes on the debt ceiling. I just don't see it. Um, Maybe I'm miscalculating. Maybe they'll blink if we get close and if the if the market you know drops five percent in a couple minutes. But you you know um, yeah it's 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 uh, I I don't see how it's happening. And remember, um, I think you just mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Uh, Janet Yellen said the X date the uh, when the government when the debt ceiling runs out that is October. That she didn't give a specific date, but she said it's sometime in October. That's soon. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Not I mean, it's not October. as fungible as this infrastructure package, which you know has this September twenty seventh date, which could you know be extended. She has a lot of leeway there. At some point, the debt ceiling, the rubber hits the road here, both on government funding and on the debt ceiling. Two kind of must pass issues. I just think I, I just wanted to make sure we noted that because I think sometimes you know when when we get into sequencing conversations, it's easy to say like, okay, they're going to try to do this and then they're going to try to do that, but like this is going to be extremely extremely difficult yeah it's gonna be tough i mean it ain't, october's not getting farther away it's getting it's getting like closer and it's not gonna be like september we're not gonna get into like september 80th you know right, right. 30 days God, let's hope not a little groundhog's 30, day situation all right thir- hold on hold on, on i just want to say this thir- 30 days has september every year there you go all right you heard it here first let's go on to the number two story of the morning how do you think reconciliation is going? Question mark. Uh, I think it's a it's an interesting frame on this issue because, you know, I, I think sometimes people think we put we're passing judgment on issues, you know, what, whether they're they're positive or negative. And this isn't us doubting that reconciliation is going to get passed. But what we do as reporters, particularly at Punchable News, is try to showcase what the actual situation is in that moment, the likelihood of things moving forward and not. And the dynamics on reconciliation have changed and are are going to be, again, another real focal point here in the next couple of weeks. Yes. Um, so uh, that's exactly right. Uh, I, three issues that are worth putting together just for um, to build this argument out a little bit. Um, Republican and Democratic staffers, we scooped this for premium subscribers in, in Punchbowl News PM yesterday. They're going to meet with the um, the parliamentarian tomorrow, Friday. Um, that's September 10th. Um, not today, but uh, uh, that is they are going to make the argument. Democrats are going to make the argument for um, uh, immigration being used in reconciliation. And uh, Democrats, Republicans are going to make the argument against it. Those we don't expect the parliamentarian to rule then, but that's going to be a critical decision. If if they can't uh, put immigration in reconciliation, which, you know, remember, it's just it's it has to have a direct impact on the budget to be included in reconciliation. You'll remember the parliamentarian ruled against minimum wage being in reconciliation just a couple months ago. Um, and uh, so it's going to be a very interesting thing. Number two, uh, Jim Clyburn on CNN yesterday said you might not need three and a half trillion to do what the president wants to do. Uh, uh, so he's even conceding that three and a half trillion is just kind of a vague number. Um, 
and Rashida Tlaib clapped back on Twitter saying $3.5 trillion is the floor. Um, I don't get this. Like, I, what, They're like negotiating in public over this number. And every time the mods and the, I mean, they just like, it's just flashpoints going back and forth. I mean, it's great for the media, yeah. but I, I, if you're Speaker Pelosi, it's like, guys, let's just get into a room and figure it out. We probably don't need to be sending smoke signals through the media or Twitter and inflaming both sides. And remember, at this late stage in the game, um, the Democrats are um, not on the same page on reconciliation at all. They have differences on Medicare. They have differences on um, on everything, on price tag, <laughs> on taxes. So just like put those together. And if you're honest with yourself, you'll understand, not you, Anna, again, but if one is honest with themselves, they'll understand that yeah, that it's they are not in a great spot right now. Could change. We live in one moment, not in. We don't. We're not. You know, fast forwarding to the end of the movie here. But at this moment, it's they're not in in, in terrific shape. And let's get to the number three story of the morning: Why Democrats are giddy over Trump's endorsements. You know, former President Donald Trump is not taking the usual tact post. Uh, office, going to learn how to paint or take on different pursuits. He is still really in the political game, making 37 endorsements for races up and down the ballot in the midterm elections. Our colleagues, Max Cohn and Christian Hall, compiled this for us. Uh, It's a pretty impressive list of all of the endorsed candidates, and many of them are actually scandal-ridden candidates. Uh, I'm just going to run through the top three that they have put in this list in Punchable News AM. Jake, and get your reaction to what this might mean for the landscape. Number one, you've got Herschel Walker running for Senate in Georgia. Uh, he has had quite a few different uh, allegations come to light regarding Uh, issues with his ex-wife who secured a protective order against him alleging violent behavior and receiving multiple death threats from Walker. Walker has been pretty open about his past struggles with mental illness, and it's unclear how this is going to play in this race, and he has yet to address this topic as a candidate. Uh, He's also being investigated for potentially his wife actually is being investigated for potentially voting illegally. Another issue there. Let's move on to the number two candidate running for Senate in Pennsylvania. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported this week that the Pennsylvania officials have issued two temporary protection from abuse orders against Parnell in 2017 and 2018. At that time, he was forced to give up his guns in both cases and was forced to leave his home in 2017. Parnell also applied for a protection order against his estranged wife in 2018 and was denied. The third candidate we're going to look at this morning, Ted Budd, running for Senate in North Carolina, also has a lot of has had some issues here. In late August, the Washington Post reported that a business deal that Budd's father conducted cost farmers millions of dollars. The court documents allege Bud's father, Richard, improperly transferred millions of dollars in assets to the Bud family, including Ted. Uh, these are just a few you know, snippets of the kind of issues that some of the candidates that Donald Trump has endorsed are going to be facing. They're going to have to answer to them. They're serious, uh, particularly when it comes to some of these issues with women. Jake, how are Democrats thinking about this? Uh, is this a problem for Republicans? Well, I don't know if it's a problem because we've learned, I guess, in the um, in the uh, 2020 or sorry, the 2016 election that uh, 
scandals don't always take down candidates. I will, although I will say, Democrat uh, Republicans have made the, have noted that um, no one is as Teflon as Donald Trump. Obviously, right? Just because you have scandals and Trump has existed doesn't mean you're going to get out of those scandals, right? Um, but as you noted, these are serious, and this is why Democrats are 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 totally fine with Donald Trump being involved in in uh, elections and politically, you know, uh, active because they feel and, and whether they're right or not, we don't know. They feel like he just chooses candidates who are not um, not vetted and have baggage. And we've seen that. We've seen that before. I mean, Trump has noted that he has a lot of uh, victories. He oftentimes just chooses the the leading candidate and backs them and then takes credit when they win. Um, and, and some of these folks might win. There's no doubt about it. But again, just an interesting collection of of uh, scandals and of candidates and of uh, fodder that Democrats are going to use against Donald uh, against candidates in 2022. All right, before we let you go, just want to note we have uh, a new event coming up shortly. Representative Joyce Beatty, the Democrat from Ohio, chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, will join us September 21st at 9 a.m. for an in-person conversation at the Roost on Capitol Hill. In addition to news of the day, the conversation will focus on the uneven recovery for Black business owners coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. You can join us in person or watch us virtually. You can check that out at punchbowl.news. We'd love for you to join us for that. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Have a great Thursday. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.